Welcome to the teaching ministry of Temple Baptist Church. While we hope you can join us in person, our prayer is that this message will encourage you to love God and serve Him in a deeper way. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you. Thank you so much for, for being here. I have to say, I really missed you all last week while I was uh, out of town, and that's uh, the first time I... Uh, have seen you since our 80th anniversary weekend, which was just two weekends ago. And I, I certainly want to say thank you so much to all those who made that weekend so special. I have to say, I am still living on a high from all the excitement and all the energy from that weekend and really excited about what the future has for us here at, at, at Temple Baptist. Now, for all of those who may be new here this morning, new among us, my name is Donald and uh, I'm one of the pastors. I have a question for you. Does anyone here worry I mean, does anyone struggle with worrying? Or am I the only one in the room? You know, this week, this week I am preparing a message on worry, and this week I found myself struggling uh, with worry. I, I think for all of us, somewhere along the line, we're all prone uh, to worry at some level. And the danger of worry is that it can be some, so crippling I mean, it can actually blind us. It can zap the strength right out of us from actually moving forward and being all that God wants us to be. And the irony of worry, the irony of it, is that worry often causes the things that are outside of our control to actually control us. I mean, it's so bizarre, but the, it's reality. And one of the things that contribute to worry is the unknown. We like to know ahead of time exactly what's going to be happening in our life. We like answers. And when we don't have those answers, we worry. We like to have dates and times and people and places and know the reasons for why things are happening in our lives. We want explanations. We want answers. And though we will memorize verses that say God's ways are much higher than ours and God's thoughts are much higher than our thoughts, if we're completely honest, we wish that God would think a little bit more like the way we think. <laughs> That's the reality. But sometimes there is this mystery when it comes to following Christ. And sometimes that mystery gets a little frustrating at times. There is this tension that... Um, because we don't know oftentimes what God is doing in our lives. And this tension is compounded by the information age that we live in. I mean, how many conversations do we have in the course of a day that we don't quickly go to Google? How many times we, in the course of a conversation, hey, have you Googled that? Oh, check out Google. What does Google have to say? What does Siri have to say about that? We're so quick. We want answers immediately. Now, for the younger generation, you may not know this, but there was actually a time when conversations ended in mystery. It's true. Like, we didn't know what the answer was. But that's not true today because we have answers right at our fingertips. And it, isn't it so cool to open up your phone and, and be able to check out, you know, all those cool lyrics from that song that you heard on the radio? Or, hey, I've been looking for a recipe and, and just go to Google. Or, hey, I, I wanna make my way over to the other side of town to that new store open. And what do you do? You just Google it. We love Google. We love to know what our celebrity, what their financial worth is. We Google that. We wanna know what the last NFL draft was, who it was, and so we Google it. We wanna know who won the hockey game last night if we didn't get a chance to see it. We Google it. I think there's a Bible verse that says, we walk by faith but not by Google. 
or, or something like that. I think it's something, I can't remember exactly. And this morning, what I want us to do is just kind of look at how are some ways that maybe we could have some victory when it comes to worry. Because oftentimes when we worry, crazy thoughts actually run through our heads. And the reality is all of us, all of us are looking for peace, right? We all want to have just a little bit of peace in life. Peace on earth, right? Goodwill towards men. And the world has all kinds of ideas how you can get peace. They'll say, you know, the right set of circumstances, you can have peace. The right kind of relationship, you can have peace. Or maybe the right kind of position or the right count, uh, amount of money. Or if all the stars are lined up, you can have peace. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Bible actually gives us some insights as well on how you can find peace. The Bible actually says that Jesus is the prince of peace. So if you're actually looking for peace in your life, you can actually find it this morning because it's found in Jesus. And it's a peace, honestly, it's beyond human understanding. It surpasses human understanding, this peace that Jesus gives. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a group of believers who are living, who are living in Philippi. We know this letter to be the book of Philippians. And, and of all the books that the Apostle Paul has written, most people would say this is the most personal letter he's ever written. And he's written it to a group of uh, believers living in Philippi, and many scholars believe that is the very first church in all of Europe. And, and when Paul is writing this letter, he's writing it under very, very stressful conditions. You see, the Apostle Paul had penned these words while he is sitting in prison. And in this letter, Paul describes how you actually can overcome worry. How you can have, believe it or not, a little bit of joy in the midst of suffering. When things aren't just going right in your life. When things seem to be upside down. When nothing seems to be going right and it's so chaotic. When life hurts, when life disappoints. When life stings, when life seems to be crumbling. When life makes no sense. When there's no answers to the questions that you have. When there doesn't seem to be any hope. When you are wondering, does Jesus, does God even know that I exist? The Apostle Paul actually says you can have peace in the midst of all that is going on around you. In fact, he talks about it in Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Philippians chapter 4. It also will be on the screen uh, behind us. But let me just read a couple of verses for you from um, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to actually start with uh, verse 1. It says, Therefore, my brothers, or sisters, same, you whom I love and long for my joy and my crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord. Okay? So if you want to stand firm, this is, he's saying this is how you could go about it. And jump down to verse uh, 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and, and I'll say it again, rejoice. Because I think Paul probably knows that we'd miss that. Because sometimes you read that, rejoice in the Lord, you just kind of go on. In fact, sometimes you go, come on, Paul. Seriously, seriously, rejoice in everything, always? Come on, Paul. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, and do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers or sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, well, then think on such things. Whatever you've done or learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He says, think on these things. Make it a habit of your thought life. Think on the good things that God has done for you. These are a list of things that you can actually allow your mind to be consumed with. The reality is a focused mind can bring you peace. But an unfocused mind can actually break your faith. And uh, fear and faith are are common because both are powered by focus. You want to increase your faith? Increase your focus. And Paul says so much of our joy comes from what we think about. And the same is true about worry. So much of our worry comes from the things that we think about. It has so much to do with what we focus on. And, and I have to constantly remind myself of that truth. Joyce Myers wrote a book, you know, Battlefield of the Mind, and it's so true. There is a battle that rages for our hearts and our minds. And so this morning, we're just going to take a, a, a brief look at some of the things that the Apostle Paul says happens when your mind is focused on the wrong, right things, and what happens actually when you focus on the wrong things. Because one focus produces faith, and another focus produces fear. See, worry always takes us down the road to fear's house where he always seems to ask the question what if like what if this should happen or that should happen that's why i called this message crazy thoughts have you ever had a crazy thought in your life i mean a crazy crazy thought the kind of thoughts that people really knew what you were thinking they would say crazy you're crazy well i've had crazy thoughts all my life actually and they come at the most bizarre times. Do you know I can actually be in my bedroom, at my chair, and, you know, and I'm just praying, and then all of a sudden a thought comes into my head. Like, I don't know where the thought came from. So recently, I'm praying, and i like, this thought came to my head, Donna, what happens if you lose your job? What? And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I'll have no money to buy food. That's not the diet plan that I wanted to go on. And, and you try to kick it out of your mind, and all of a sudden, it boomerangs to the other side of your mind. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And the fact is, I started having crazy thoughts at a very early age. I don't know if I've told this story or not. If I have, forgive me. But when I was about, I don't know, seven or eight years old, I was visiting my grandparents in New Brunswick. And uh, my grandfather, I love my grandfather, and he gave me, he gave me a brand new shiny Royal Canadian Mounted Police Quarter. I was so proud of that. I was so proud. And not to be outdone, my aunt gave me one too. I ha here I am, this little boy, and I have these two quarters I'm so proud of, and I, and I put them in my little shirt pocket, and I just felt like, wow, look at me, two quarters. A little later in the day, my other aunt came over, and she had a little toddler, and so uh, the, the toddler wasn't quite walking yet, still crawling, and, and I was down on the floor playing, and, and these two quarters fell out of my pocket. I quickly put them back in my pocket. 
Then a little bit later, they fell out again, and my mom said to me, ooh, Donald, get those quarters, be careful, because you don't want your cousin grabbing that and putting it in their mouth and swallowing it. At that moment, I wondered what it would be like to swallow a quarter. <laughs> so I got up off the floor, dusted myself off, went into my grandmother's bedroom, shut the door, pulled up my two quarters. I looked at them. I remember thinking, I bet you no one's ever swallowed a quarter before. <laughs> Maybe I could get rich by swallowing quarters. And so I did it. I put a quarter in my mouth and I went, and it got lodged right there. I was rushed to the hospital. I was put under and they removed it from my throat, but they didn't give me back the quarter. <laughs> and as you can imagine, my aunt and my grandfather were very anxious to know what quarter I swallowed. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, to think that humans can swallow quarters. I don't know if you've ever let your mind wander to a place when it comes to those questions of, what if? Like, what if? You know, sometimes I start worrying about things that I know really are impossible really ever to happen in my life. Like for years, this is a true story, for years, you know what I worried about? For years, I dreamt about it, I worried about it. As a young adolescent, as a, as a junior higher, I used to worry that I would get buried in a coffin alive. And so I always had a plan. I always thought, always have a chocolate bar, and matches, because that can light up the darkness and I can still eat, survive for four days and come up with an exit plan. I worried about that for years. It's crazy. I used to get, I, I get so worried because I used, about getting married. I, I used to think, I gotta get married, I gotta get married, I gotta have children. If I don't have children, the Calder name is gonna vanish off the face of the earth. It's all my responsibility. And my clock is ticking, come on, Donald. Worry, worry, worry. That has been my middle name for so long. And the Apostle Paul knew that all of us have crazy thoughts. Those kind of thoughts that can get us into deep trouble. The kind of thoughts that can really cause us to be so fearful. The kind of thoughts that cause us to worry, worry, and worry. The kind of thoughts that can cause great discouragement. The kind of thoughts that can cause depression. And so he, he's trying to tell us how you can avoid that. Now I personally think Paul is speaking from personal experience when he pens these words to us. Because I am sure there had to be time that his mind started to spiral down in discouragement as he sat in prison for two years waiting for a court date to defend himself. Surely he's battling this. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, think on these things here, this list. Like meditate on uh, these things. Um, so he's speaking from personal experience. And when he says to think on these, to meditate on these things, he says take actively engage actually in these things. There's, he's saying there are, actually are a few things that you should be consumed with, with your mind. Something that you should actually focus on. Let's put it this way. You're throwing a party. You have invited Eight guests and eight alone. 
And so you've invited Mr. and Mrs. True and Noble. You got, they got their three friends, right, pure, and lovely. Their three cousins, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. They're the only ones that are allowed in your party. And if anyone else shows up, you bounce them right out of the party. The peace of God is actually the bouncer who gets everyone out of the party that's not supposed to be there. And here's the reason. God has your best in mind, so he wants your mind at its best. There is a battle that constantly is taking place in our hearts and minds. That's why it says in verse uh, 7, guard your hearts and your minds. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart above all else because it will determine the course of your life. Can you imagine that? Like, guard that heart, guard your mind, because it will determine the course that you take with your life. An unguarded heart, an unguarded mind is a ticking time bomb. It's a landmine waiting to be stepped on. It's a grenade with a pin already pulled. And if, if we live like it doesn't really matter with our minds and our hearts, something drastic will happen and it will probably take you places you never ever dreamed you would be. It's not a question whether it's gonna blow up, it's just when will it blow up and who will get hurt in the midst of it all if we don't guard our hearts and minds. That's why the Apostle Paul is telling us, keep your focus, keep your mind focused. So like Horatio Spafford, who wrote that famous hymn, it is well with my soul. And, and if you're not familiar with the story behind the story, he wrote that after he lost everything. When the great Chicago fire took place, he lost, he went bankrupt. He lost it all. And their family was going back to England and, and the ship went down and, and he lost all of his children. And yet he pens a song. It is well with my soul. That's part of having a focused mind on what our mind should be consumed with. Listen, stressful times will come. There will be plenty of opportunities in your lifetime to worry. So that's why the Apostle Paul says, guard your heart. Guard your mind. Watch out because you actually have an enemy who will quickly try to convince you to forget everything that you ever knew about God especially when certain things are happening in your life or not happening in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, the Apostle Paul says there are actually certain thoughts that can torment you. Imagine that. There are certain thoughts that actually can torment you. And so the Apostle Paul says it a little bit differently than he does in, in Philippians. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, one of the things that we ought to do with our thoughts, we ought to take captive, it says, take captive every thought. In Philippians, he says, you know, hold on to certain thoughts. And the Apostle Paul said, there are certain thoughts that to be treated like a prisoner of war. You take those thoughts and you lock them up. You capture them. 
But there are other thoughts you're to hold on to. So capture that thought, capture that thought, capture that thought, but hold on to this thought. Philippians says, hold on. Corinthians says, capture. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is causing you this morning to worry? Like what's holding you back? Is it things? Is it people? Is it career? Is it events? Is it finances? Because Paul says you can build your faith on a mind that is focused, or you can destroy your faith by an unfocused mind. An unfocused mind will actually cause you to fear. And that's why we're told, hold on to certain thoughts, capture other thoughts. The Bible tells us this, and, and, and we know this truth by experience, that, that, we, um, that we look at the outward things. And that's just, that's just the reality, right? We look at outward things, and we can get so worked up by the things that we see. Now, I'm a, I'm a political junkie. I love politics. I do. I, I, I could listen to 24 hours of news and politics. It's one of my downfalls, okay? One of my many. But I'll talk to certain Christians who are so worried about decisions that are being made at the top of our lead, with our leaders in our country. And it's true that some of these decisions, you know, ought to cause us some concern and, and take notice of what some of the political parties are doing. But sometimes we talk and live like God is also worried about those problems. As if we serve a God that says, what? Wait, 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 wait. Prime Minister said, what? He did what? Oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? I didn't know that. That's sometimes how we treat this. Like, like God has fallen off of his throne. Like he's no more the king of the universe. Let me tell you, we serve a God who spoke the stars into existence and placed each one where it needed to be. God said, he spoke light. He said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. And there had never been light before at that moment. The things that often will freak us out doesn't cause God to freak out. God has never once, never once has he ever said, uh-oh. Aren't you glad that God is never surprised? God's peace defeats what we could not defeat in a lifetime. The reality is we will exhaust ourselves looking for peace apart from Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Peace is not accessible apart from Jesus Christ. And life is exhausting apart from Jesus. And that's why, that's why it's so important. This is why it drives us as a church to connect people to Jesus. Because we actually believe that is the most important relationship anyone can ever have. And that's a drive, that's the main thing we're all about, connecting people to Jesus. Because here's the reality, how do you survive a divorce? Like, how do you deal with it when your child has been diagnosed with a terminal disease? How do you deal with it when you've just lost a loved one? Apart from Jesus. How do you have hope apart from Jesus? Because I, I really believe 
apart from Jesus, we just try to numb the pain. Here's the good news. Here's the good news for those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The same, listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the exact same spirit that lives within you. Jesus said that in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, what? Who can be against that? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors for those who are loved by him. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any created thing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. And the God of peace, listen, the God of peace will one day crush our enemy, and the peace of God causes us to sing, oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? Listen, we all want peace. We all want it. But I believe it's only accessible through the grace of God. The grace of God is the key that unlocks the peace of God. And he'd love to give you that peace today that can be found in Jesus Christ. In verse five of chapter four here in Philippians, it says the Lord is near. He's, he's not at a distant. He says the Lord is near. And the nearness of God is what gives confidence to the heart of his people. Listen, this morning, you're going through a, um, you're going through a divorce? You have a loved one in the hospital who is dying. You find your job to be very unstable. You're kind of wondering, will you be able to put food on the table at the end of the week? Listen, these are some realities that some of you are, are facing this morning. These are the things that cause us to worry and to get so fearful of the unknown. But let me tell you, God made a promise. He actually made a promise to his children. He actually said, I will never, I will never, not occasionally or most of I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And, and God is good at keeping his promise. In fact, he's never not kept a promise. That's our God. And that promise alone, that he will not leave us, or forsake us, or turn his back on us, should be able to just release the, the weight that's on our shoulders. Help us to get rid of some of the crazy thoughts that we have about God, not knowing what is happening in our life. It ought to free us when we're paralyzed by fear and worry and questions like, what if? But it does require focusing on the right things. I'm gonna get a couple of people. Oh, I know you people love this. Rolf and Shelley, you're sitting so close to the front, you never sit up here. Could you come on up here for a second? Just come on up here for a second. I, usually you're so, you'll never sit this close again. But come on up here for one second. Okay, come on right up here. Let's see, Gary, oh, you're sitting right in the front row, you wanna come up here? 
Now, just thank you so much for being willing to be in the sermon today. Um, I want to go back to this whole thing that um, the Apostle Paul talks about in Philippians, okay? He says there are certain things with your mind you ought to hold on to. And there are some things that you should capture and lock it up. So would you do me a favor? Just the two of you, husband and wife, just embrace. Give your, like, just hug publicly in front of all of us. Give each other a big, big hug. No? Have you never done that before? Like, just publicly embrace. Now, hold that embrace. Hold that embrace. Okay? Now, the Apostle Paul says there are certain thoughts you ought to just hold right on to, right? It's good to hold on to this, okay? Now, Rolf, can you do me a favor? You separate over here. Now, would you please just go ahead and embrace Gary, okay? Just, just embrace, just embrace, okay? <laughs> now, here's reality. The Apostle Paul says, there are certain things that you hold on. Like when you hold on, it's comforting. Apostle Paul says here, when you think on these things, you know what that does? It releases the fear, the worry, the anxiety. It's comforting. It feels great. When, when you hang on to your wife, it, it feels good. And then you would hang on to strange things. <laughs> Just joking, Gary. It totally changes the whole dynamic of it all. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, hold on to certain things, but capture other things. Give these guys a hand for being in the sermon today. Thank you. Let's get rid of the worry. Let's get rid of the worry that keeps us in bondage. Let's get rid of the crazy thoughts that enter our mind by focusing on the right things. When we focus on the right things, the God of peace will be with you. And the peace of God will transcend all human understanding. So stay focused. Let's pray. Father, this morning, in our brief time together, we thank you for simple truths that we looked at this morning. Truths that actually can set us free. Lord, too many of us, too many of us live in fear. Too many of us get trapped by the question, what if? And before long, Lord, we, our worry, it, it just turns into fear and, and it paralyzes us. It, it blinds us. It cripples us. And so, Lord, this morning, our prayer is that people could be set free from this bondage, this burden of worrying. Lord, that they could have such confidence that you are the God that is in 
control. And we've said this so many times, but God, that you are the God who is always working behind the scenes of our life. And therefore, we can let the worry go. Because you love us. You have a plan for us. God, the Bible says a plan to prosper us, to do well. And so, Lord, on those days that we're so quick to forget what you've done for us, on those days that we're so quick to throw it all aside, I pray you help us to stay focused on you and that our mind would be focused on the right things that will hold on to the right thoughts and capture and lock up those things that bring us down. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.